So, <clears throat> Brian talked about a lot of different things, and it kept stirring me in my mind and what I would like to talk about and all, and then I kept thinking about the fact that it's not about what I want to talk about. It's really about what Spirit wants to share. And I have to become vulnerable to that movement rather than go into my mind. And it's it's interesting, while Brian's talking, there is this part of me that's ever in battle with my mind and my emotions as to that process of letting go of myself and really moving into that flow of spirit and allowing God to come present. And one thing that uh, I heard that really came forward was when he talked about meditating three and a half, four hours a day. And I'm a witness. I see it all the time. <laughs> he, um, he really and truly does do that. And I know what he's like when he does that and the results of that for him. And I know what he's like when he doesn't do that. <laughs> and believe me, I do everything I can to make sure he does it. <laughs> Makes my life easier. But it, it brought up something that I, I found very interesting in that. Uh, years ago, I had uh, an opportunity to go to Dharamsala and have some meetings with the Dalai Lama. And one time we were sitting and talking, and, and he, he said, so you meditate? And I said, yes. And he said, well, what kind of meditation do you do? And so I shared with him about the meditation on the name and the path of sound and light. And he says, oh, I'm very aware of that. I mean, just down the road here are teachers that teach that pathway. Dharamsala is in northern India in the Punjab. And literally just down the road, you'll see uh, centers and ashrams for different spiritual teachers who teach this pathway. So we continued on. He says, so how long do you meditate usually? And I said, uh, two, two and a half hours a day. And he looked at me and he said, are, are you saying the truth? Is that real? And I said, yes. And I said, I have to do that in order to really find my center and to really get into the flow of spirit and, and have my inner experiences that I, I need to have to be fulfilled and to be able to go forward and do the day. <clears throat> and I said, so may I ask how long you meditate every day? And he says, well, I had a hard time believing that you meditate two and a half hours, but you're really going to have a hard time with this one because I have to meditate five hours a day to get to that same place you just talked about. He said, I have so much on me all the time, both that's from outside of me in the world and inside of me from what I have gone through and seen and witnessed and been challenged by, that it can take me five hours to get into that center, into that place. He said, if I don't get there, I don't smile. I don't laugh. And the monks around me know to step back a little bit because I didn't do my meditation right. But if you witness me in the world, you'll witness me smiling and laughing and bringing that smile and that laugh to other people. And that's coming from my center. That's coming from the truth of who I am. 
I am the joy and the peace and the loving that is me that is trying to bring that in to expression in the world and in others. So he said, I can understand why you meditate two and a half hours. And I, he said, and I wish I only had to meditate two and a half hours. <laughs> so I thought that was very interesting and it really re-inspired me to commit and do my two and a half hours a day. I know for myself, if I do an hour and a half, I can, I can have a nice center. I can have a nice quiet place to come from. I know that I have cleared a lot of the, the old stuff, the worldly stuff, the outside stuff out, and I'm standing more in my truth. But I know that if I can go further, that's where I'm going to get in touch with the real essence of my being. Not just my truth, but my essence. And, and that's really what this meditation is about. It's about really getting in touch with the essence of ourselves. We are the living, loving essence of God. God created the soul out of the living, loving essence. And it is for us to really get in touch once again with that truth, with that essence, with that loving that we are. And it takes time to do so because we have to go through all these different parts of the physical self that isn't really us. This physical self and all the qualities and, and levels of it are a part of a physical experiential body that the soul inhabits in order to be able to move around in this creation and experience. But this isn't who we are. We are that living, loving essence. And when we sit down to meditate, we often will find that there's all these different things kind of stuck to us and embedded in us that are a part of the physical consciousness, not the essence of soul, not the essence of that loving. And that we have to in some way let go of it, move it, transform it, lift it, in order to be able to finally get back to that pure essence of the truth of who we are. And that takes time. And for me, if I can sit in meditation for a good two hours, by the end of that two hours, I can feel the shift. I can feel the difference. I can feel the freedom that comes in with that shift. And then I slip into that true essence of loving that true essence of loving that is God, that I am. And that's what we all have to come to understand and know is that truly our essence is of God. We are an expression, an experiential being of God going out to be in creation and to experience it all. And if we can begin to live from the truth of who we are at the seat of the soul and really see things through the eye of the soul, as Jesus said, if thy eye be single and open, your body will be filled with light. Well, sometimes it takes me that two hours to get to that single eye and to get it really open to let the light in. And other times, 
It happens very quickly. And I'm not in charge of that. If I was in charge of it, it would happen very quickly all the time. Not every few days or even every other week or whatever it might be. I would love to be able to sit down and close my eyes and start chanting the sacred name of God and in five minutes my eye opens and the light floods in and I'm at peace and everything is just fine. But like I said, there are often a lot of things standing between us and God that we have to clear out in order for that light to be able to come in and for us to go to that source of the light. When I was much younger, <clears throat> I think I was about six or seven years old, my dad and I were having a talk one day. We, I would drive with him to his work on Saturdays, and I'd spend the day in the store just doing things, watching people, listening to people talk, you know, playing with different things in the store there. And um, my father sold uh, paint and spray equipment. So there wasn't a lot of toys there. <laughs> but there were a lot of boxes to build forts with, to hide in, to, you know, just all kinds of stuff. And so one day when we were driving down to the store, my dad said, you know, there's a phrase that I'm still learning about in my life. I'm still finding the meaning of it for myself in, in, in truth. But it's a phrase that has stuck with me since I heard it when I was a teenager. And it's a, it's a phrase that really has worked for me. But I've had to work hard to understand it and to really begin to live it. And he said, the phrase that I want to share with you today is, is a powerful statement if you look into its truth. And it means nothing if you don't. But it, it, it is, to thine own self be true. So, I know when I got home that night, I wrote that down in my journal. Wrote, wrote it right on the top of the page in big letters so I would remember it and come back to it. And for a while, it didn't really mean a lot to me. But then later, when I was going through my journal, I had just come to the completion of writing the last page of that journal and I was going to put it away. And I decided to go through it and there it was. To thine own self be true. And I tore that page out and I stuck it on my dresser just to be reminded of that. And over time, I began to look at it more and more and more. And I began to take that into my prayer meditation time. Ever since the age of five, I would spend time every day with God. And my time usually was after school. I went to kindergarten and elementary school and so forth. And I would usually get home between 3.30 and 4. And I would spend time whether it be sitting outside or if the weather wasn't nice, then sitting inside and just being still and being with God and trying to see what would come forward. 
And I had a lot of things come forward and very great insight and wisdom. And I learned from that that it does take a daily action to really wake up and to live into it fully. If you do it once in a while, it doesn't really work that well. But if you do this practice daily, you're going to find that you're building up a power, a very strong power within you of loving that will lift you, that will carry you, that will open you up, that will remove a lot of the debris that you're ever struggling to handle. And it will just do it easily, gracefully. And all you have to do is be willing to allow that action to take place. And that's a big one, to allow the grace to come in, to allow the loving to come forward, to allow all of that to be swept away for a moment so that you can really know the stillness, the peace, the loving, the quiet of your own soul. So when I looked at this statement, to thine own self be true at the age of seven, eight, nine years old, I kept trying to find the key. I had found that in contemplation of different statements, of different words, of different phrases, there was always a key. And if I could just find the key and move it in such a way, the phrase would open up for me. So thine own self be true. So at first I thought the key was in the word true. That's what I was looking for. I wanted to be true. So I started focusing in my contemplation and meditation with this statement on the word true. But it didn't ever move. It didn't ever energetically move anything in me. So then I decided to thine own self be true. I decided to focus on my own self, myself be true. So I began to look at that word and just hold it in contemplation day after day after day. And I would say own self, own self, I am my own self. Who is my own self? What is my own self? I would just look at it from all the different angles and verbiage that I possibly could until one day that key moved and everything just opened up. And that's where I found a great truth inside of myself with my own soul. And I realized that that's the essence of my being that I want to keep focusing on all the time, my own self, my own true self. And that if I can connect into my own true self, I can be true. I can be in that truth. And that's where the truth resides, is in the center of my own self. I realized also that the world around me was trying to tell me all the time who myself was, trying to tell me who I was physically, who I was emotionally, 
and who I was mentally all the time. I remember at kindergarten, one teacher constantly, constantly on all of us trying to tell us who we were supposed to be and how we were supposed to be and what it is we're supposed to do. I can remember in elementary school being constantly told, stop feeling and start listening and learning and using your brain. Just use your brain. Don't tell me how you feel. But I would always talk about my feelings. And she didn't like that. I actually got in trouble one time and ended up going down to the principal's office because she just felt I was so disruptive because I wasn't getting it. I was only talking about my feelings. I wasn't talking about anything else. And I didn't know if she was right or wrong. I just knew how I was and how I expressed. And so she started talking to me, and I just turned to her, and I said something to her, and I don't even know what it was. And she just looked at me, and she said, you just think you're a VIP, don't you? And I'm standing there about age of seven, eight, and I'm going, VIP, VIP. What's a VIP? And I looked at her and I said that. I said, what's a VIP? And she said, a VIP, not a VIP. And the principal said, a very important person. Do you think you're a very important person? And I said, yes, I do. <laughs> Well, <laughs> that went into a little bit of a lecture. <laughs> but I never lost that sense of centeredness where I knew I'm important. But I know I'm as important as anybody else, and everybody else is just as equal to me in importance. There's no difference. But in their eyes, if you think you're a VIP... <laughs> <laughs> there's something wrong with you because now you're not going to really be yourself. You're not going to take care of the world and, and your life the way maybe you're supposed to. So in this, I began to really then look at how can I be true to my own self? And the one way I found it wasn't in reading all these books that we were supposed to read and all these things that we were supposed to study for school and learn and all the activities that were out there in the world to participate in. Where I could be true to myself was to sit every day and spend time with God. That's where I could be true to myself. And I could not get anybody else to understand that. I had friends all the time saying, come on, let's go play baseball. Let's go play football. Come on. And I would say, I don't have the time. I have other things I've got to do. And all they knew is there I was sitting between these two houses, mine and the neighbors, doing nothing. But inside, I was doing everything because inside I was looking up. I didn't realize 
until I was around seven or eight years old that the soul was seated here. But I, since the age of five, always looked up and would talk to God and pray to God and invite God in. And I'll tell you what, that's a big one, inviting God in. That is a huge aspect of all of this. Invite God into your meditation. Invite God into your day. Invite God into the moment. Because the more I invited God in, the more understanding, the more wisdom, the more peace, the more essence of loving came into me. And I became aware of so much more than what this world is or had to teach me. And it was all through that action of looking up to that seat of the soul where God dwells in me and inviting God into every part of my being, every part of my life, everything. Invite God in. And it was in that action of inviting God in that I began to know my own self. Because God was coming awake in me, and I was waking up in God by doing just that. And I realized that that's who I am. I am a soul that lives in God, and I am a soul that is living God every day that I choose to do so. And I will say this. Once you get an experience of that, a real experience of that, there's nothing else. You won't care about other things. You won't chase after things in the world so much because you'll know the truth. You'll know the truth of who you are and you will know what it takes to be true to that. To thine own self be true. For me, it is meditation. It is sitting down and spending time with God every day and giving God an opportunity to dwell here, to be here, to live here, to experience here. But not getting caught up in the world I wanted to really get caught up in God daily. And that's what this meditation practice is about. The one statement in the Bible that is a very, very powerful statement that if we can really follow and practice and do every day, you'll understand what I'm just talking about. It's be still. Be still and know that I am. We have to come to that stillness. We have to come to that quiet. We have to come to that centeredness where in the stillness, everything is revealed. It's in the stillness that revelation takes place, not in the hustle and the bustle and the noise and all that goes on in the realms of this physical creation. This physical creation is ever drawing us down and out, down and out, down and out. And there's nothing wrong with that because that's part of the experiential action 
for the soul to go out into the world and have experience of this physical material world. But we are not of the physical or material nature. We, the true we, the true us, the true I, is spirit, is soul. And that's a whole other creation. So we have to use this body to have experience in the world of bodies, but we are not the body. And it is for us to get in touch with the truth then of who we really are as spirit, as soul, as loving, and learn to live in the body but not of it. And learn to live into the experience of the world but not to get attached to it. And not to believe that that's who you are. And come into the knowing of who you really are. Once you know the truth of who you are, your attitude, your actions, your reactions, the direction of your life will change. And if you want change, that's the way to do it. Get in touch with the truth of who you are. And there's probably a number of different ways to do it. I don't know. I only know the one I found it with, and that is meditation. Sitting down, closing my eyes, and going inside. And then you have to wake up. You have to wake up to how do I stay awake in the inside? We've lost understanding of how to relate to the truth of who we are. We've lost understanding of how to live in the Spirit, how to be in the Spirit, how to experience the Spirit. And so it takes time for that to all come about in meditation, but it will. In time, you will wake up inside to the light, to the sound, to the experience to the loving. And once you begin to see that light, once you begin to hear that inner sound, that still small voice of God calling you home, that's what the sound current is, then you will know the difference between that which is true, which is of spirit, and that which isn't, which is the world of illusion and imagination which is the physical creation. So take that all in, look at it and find out for yourself what is the statement that could stir you? What could get you to sit down and do your meditation every day? And use the tools of concentration, contemplation and meditation. And use the tools of taking responsibility for your thoughts and your feelings, your actions and your reactions. And use the tools that we've shared with you in the practice of meditation and in the practice of daily life. Use the LAF, the loving, accepting, and forgiving. If you can do that, oh my God, the world will change for you. We have stories of how the world is changing for so many people that are really doing the work. 
one day we were in Hawaii and I was sharing just something of a statement like that. And I called it work. We have to do the inner work. And oh, this woman got so upset. And she raised her hand and stood up and she said, well, I'm out of here. I'm not doing this. I don't do work. I do simplicity. I do all these different things, but I will not do the work that you talk about. And I say, until you do the inner work, you're not going to know the inner truth. But she took it as nobody's going to make me do something I don't want to do. And I'm not going to ever do that with anybody. I just lay things out and then you pick them up if you want to and try applying them. And if they work, work them. And if not, put them back down and then go out and find what does. But I will say work. <laughs> it's not exactly a lot of fun sitting down and closing your eyes and having to go and confront all these things inside of you that you don't want to look at. And so you've avoided them all this life and you've hidden them in your unconscious and you've hidden them in your emotion and you've buried them with the dog bones. Well, that's what we do. We bury everything. And this is work. You have to confront all those parts of yourself that you've avoided in order to really get to the truth of who you are at the soul. So... I remember when I was a teenager, I got distracted by different things. And that's what happens. Hormones kick in and everything else is out the door. And so for a while, I wasn't so devoted to my meditation practice as I had been. And the world kind of closed in on me. And when I finally realized, oh my God, what am I doing? I'm joining everybody else. And I'm hearing myself talk about the misery that they're talking about. What am I doing? And I learned that very quickly. It was six, seven months of misery. And then it was sit down and meditate once again. But my meditation was different. Oh my God. In just those few months, I had created all the separation within myself, with myself, with my truth, and with my soul. And I had to walk through all that stuff, my fears, my angers, my anxiety, my hatred, my this, my that, that I had created in that short time, really participating with the world. And I thought, oh my God, I can see why people don't want to sit down and meditate. I just had like six months of stuff to deal with. Oh, my God. <laughs> no wonder nobody wants to sit down and close their eyes and go, are you kidding me? Forget it. <laughs> I'm out of here. But if you do it, and you do it with a loving, accepting, and forgiving of yourself, Love yourself. Accept yourself just as you are right now. You don't have to change. God doesn't expect you to change. Love yourself just as you are and do forgiveness with yourself. Forgive yourself if you made errors, if you didn't learn the lesson, you've got to complete it and learn it or whatever it is. 
By loving, accepting, and forgiving yourself, a lot will just drop away quickly. And I'll tell you what, invite God in, and there's nothing that can stand between you and God. It will melt. It will drop. It will go away. But then there's another side of it. Are you going to let go of it? I found myself going, wait, and trying to pick up something and hold on to it. And I don't know if I want to let go of that yet. I, I, maybe I need that in the world. But if you can just let go of everything and just stand there in the truth of who you really, really are, it will be an amazing moment. And there will be nothing else that you will ever put between you and God again if you can help it. And you will always be paying attention. Is there something between me and God right now? I don't want that. And you'll be surprised how quickly it can go if you will just allow it to. You let that light in and let that light shine and everything else that is of darkness will just be pushed away. It will be eliminated. It will be no more. So let me close with just saying again, find a phrase that really serves you. To thine own self be true really served me. It stirred me. It brought me into an awakening. Find what is a phrase for you that might serve you. Maybe it's be still and know that I am. Know that I am God. Or it could be another phrase. But spend time every day with yourself, whether it's in meditation, whether it's in journaling about what's going on in you and in your life, or whatever, and get to know who you are. Really get to know who you are. You're really a wonderful person, but you are a grand soul. The light of your soul, the love of your soul, the peace in your soul is beyond words, beyond belief, and beyond anything you could imagine. Go in and find that. And then you will be a different person. Your life will be transformed. It won't look any different out here, but your life will be transformed. <laughs>